Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message is a continuation of the series through the book of Philippians entitled The Right Attitude for 2024. And now, here's Brother Jim. We're doing a series in the book of Philippians that has to do with our attitude. This is going to be our third week, and we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. So if you would... Uh, like to get your Bibles and turn with us, Philippians 2, and we're just picking out one verse each week that has to do with attitude. And so today it's chapter 2, verse 4 is the verse that we're looking at. So chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 4. It says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. With that, let's take a moment and let's have prayer. Lord, would you today... Allow each of us to sense your presence. And thank you, Lord, for those on Facebook, those on the radio, even on the podcast, and those even present today. I just ask that you would just continue, Lord, to allow us to sense your presence. And may you just allow us to draw closer to you. And may you continue, Lord, to work on us, to each one to have better attitudes, to be able to be the people that you want us to be. And today, as we think about being a servant, having a servant's attitude, Lord, may you just uh, allow that to be something that strikes us, and may your spirit lead us to be more like that. So I just pray your blessings now and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard about a convenience store that was down in Arkansas that had a robbery. There's a fellow that come in, so he held up the cashier, and the, and the cashier, as he was holding him up, he said, now I just want this, and he had an exact amount of money that he asked for. And the cashier said, wait a minute, you just want this much money? He said, why that much money? And the fellow said, because I need some insulin. And I'm just holding you up because I don't have it. And that's what I need. I just want the insulin. So the cashier, then he said, well, listen, instead of me giving you money from this, because this isn't mine to give, from our register, he said, why don't you just let me get my wallet out because I got that exact amount and I will give you that money. This won't be a robbery. It'll be me giving you a gift. Just put that gun away. And so the robber did. Shook his hand and thanked him and took his money. Of course, the police had been called by someone else and they'd come and they'd made a report. But here was a man, instead of a, them looking out for somebody to arrest for committing robbery, this man basically had somebody's interest in mind and helped them out. You know... When you're under pressure like that, it's hard to be a servant and to think that clearly. But wouldn't it be great if you and I had that type of spirit, that type of attitude to be able to think and to be able to make a difference and help somebody else get on the right track to do the right thing just because we've got a servant attitude. A lot of time what happens is we fall into a trap. And here in this verse we're reminded of the issue. Notice again verse 4. He says, let each of you look out not only for your own interest. See, that's the problem. If we're going to be a servant, he warns us. The problem is our pride and our selfishness. Looking out for number one, that becomes the biggest issue. So that's the thing that we have to be able to overcome. Now Paul's writing to a church. They needed to hear this. When you get to chapter 4, Verse number two, we're told there's two ladies, Utica, Sinatook. 
Both of them apparently had really been involved in ministry. They knew Paul. And they had helped Paul. But in chapter 4 verse 2 we learn that they had an issue. They were fighting among themselves. Paul was urging them to be able to get this settled. And the church to be able to come alongside them. But part of the problem that we have is that sometimes we have a hard time admitting that I'm wrong. We always want to be right. Our pride gets in the way. I don't know what these ladies' issue was. It's not said. We don't know if it had to do with ministry. If both of them desired to be in charge of a ministry. They wanted to be in president of the women's organization. We don't know exactly what happened. We just know that there was an issue. And it's not going to be solved if you have pride that says, I have to be right. Many times, pride stands in the way. And this, listen, there's many people that will not make it to heaven because they will not admit I'm a sinner, that I've done something wrong. There's many people today, that's the one issue. I've counseled with children that come to want a relationship with Christ, but when it comes time to saying, hey, I'm a sinner, I need forgiveness, they said no. That's not just true of children. That's true of all ages. So pride keeps a lot of people from ever having a relationship with Christ or making it into heaven. But it also stagnates Christians. When we get to the point where we have to say, I am right about everything. And never seek forgiveness. Never admit that I'm wrong. Never be willing to compromise. Then we're in trouble. When we refuse to apologize... We're not going to have a servant attitude. So Paul, he is encouraging the church to be able to be servants. So pride, I have to be right. Sometimes it's, I have to be respected. See, there's some people, they don't mind to give, but they have their limits. They don't mind to serve, but they have their limits. i got to be respected. So that means I am not, I'm not going to clean a bathroom. I'm not going to wash somebody's feet. There's just certain things that I'm not going to do. I have to be respected. And that, that's not the respect that I want. There's people then that take it a step further and say, I've got to be rewarded. You know, if you want me to serve, you've got to pat me on the back. If you want me to serve, you've got to compliment me. If you want me to serve, you've got to name something after me. You've got to recognize me and honor me. It's the trap we're going to be true servants of Christ. We've got to let go of the pride and the selfishness. Now, real Christian servants need to get in a certain order. Warren Wearsby, when he was looking at the book of Philippians, he said, you know, chapter 1. Chapter 1 is about making Jesus Christ first. Putting him first in your life. When you do that, then you can be a soul winner. Chapter 2. Chapter 2 is about putting others second. And when you do, you become a real servant of God. Now, if you put Christ first and others second, then that means you fit in next. Now, many people, they may have a hard time with that. They say, wait a second. Are you saying that I've got to lay down and be a doormat? No, I'm not saying that. Are you saying I have to just agree with things with other people no matter what? I'm not saying that. But I am saying it's important to care about others. And it makes a difference in your life. One lady was dealing with depression. Have you ever dealt with depression? 
it's, it's, it's just extremely difficult and people just don't understand. And she was dealing with depression and there just seemed to be no hope. Then somebody encouraged her to get involved in a homeless ministry. And when she did, things began to get better. When she started thinking about how she could help somebody else and serving somebody else, it changed. There's another lady who lost a child and was dealing with grief. And the grief was just overwhelming. She was angry at God and angry at everybody else. And basically, she, her life just stopped. But she said it all changed when somebody else lost their child and she went to help them. And what she found is the more that she helped that person, the more she helped herself. See, what happens is when you began to truly serve, your brain releases chemicals that you need. And when that happens, it provides the healing that each of us need. So we need to get that in order. Now, some people may say, I'd like to be a servant. I'd like to be able to have the correct order, but I need some help. So what are some things that to help us in being able to accomplish being a servant? Now, let's go back to verse 1. We didn't read verse 1, but you've got your Bible there in Philippians 2. Therefore, if there's any consolation, that word means encouragement. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any encouragement, when he's talking about being in Christ, he's talking about a relationship with Christ. So what we're talking about is walking hand in hand with the Lord. If you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to be your Lord and Savior, you can see the Bible tells us we got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And we want to walk with Christ daily. To have a genuine relationship. The Lord loves you and he wants to have that relationship with you. And it becomes the key to being able to be a servant because Jesus is a servant. He'll help you to be a servant. You know, I was thinking about George Beverly Shea. He died about 11, 11 years ago. He, lived, he was 104 when he died. George Beverly Shea, when he was young, his dad was a minister. His mom played the piano to wake him up each morning. Somebody had found out he could sing and invited him to a contest. He went to a contest that was on the radio nationwide and entered in and he ended up losing out to a guy that was a yodeler. But somebody had heard him and, and they said, you know, we think we could use you. And they wanted him to come to work at the radio station doing music. But the thing was, he wanted to sing gospel music. They said, no, you've got to sing all kinds of music. Even things you don't agree with, we want you to sing. So he was struggling with that. And he'd come home and his mother had placed a poem on the piano. And so George Beverly Shea read that poem written by a lady named Ray Miller back in the 1920s. It said, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Later on, George Beverly Shea would take that poem and he would put music to it and he would sing it. And it would become basically the guide for his life. 
he would testify at the Billy Graham Crusades. Before he would sing, he would testify. In the midst of temptation, when I didn't know what to do, my mom had this poem and I found it. And it changed my life and helped me to make the right decisions for the Lord. Jesus first. Hand in hand with Him in your relationship. What else can help us? Well, notice with me verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness. Humility. Humility. Sometimes it's hard for us to be humble, but it's important for us to have humility, to think about other people. I'd seen a few years ago where a lady was 101 years old, and she volunteered each day with Meals on Wheels, and she went out to be able to take meals to people that couldn't get out, that were shut-ins. She said, yeah, I've got to be able to help out the old people. She was helping out people much younger than her. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't matter how old you are or your shape, we can all be servants. It just takes humility. It just takes the being able to say, I don't mind helping somebody, serving somebody, going and doing for somebody else. Then also, the Holy Spirit is a help to us. Notice with me again, if we move back up to verse 1 again. Therefore, if there's any consolation or encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of His love, if any fellowship of His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the one that lives and dwells us, the one that convicts us and, 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 and leads us, is a help to us, an aid to us. And so each day we should be able to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and leadership and be open to God helping and leading us. If you want to be a servant, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. And then notice the rest of that verse. If there's any affection or mercy. Basically, that means that I am concerned about other people. I have a heart for others. I just had mentioned in our announcements about disaster relief. We've got a couple in our church, Johnny and Donna DeRossett, that goes on disaster relief. Johnny, the first time that they had come here, we'd had a tornado go through, and he'd seen those individuals, how they had come and how they had worked, and it impressed him. And so that's how come he joined up. And he said, you know, when you go on disaster relief, and see, there's other people that will show up when a disaster happens and they will be charging people, a lot of times overcharging people to do work. But when there's people that show up and just volunteer and they come from other places and they're just giving of themselves, people look at that and say, why? Why would you do that? Why would you just give of yourself? Because they got a heart for other people. And what happens is when you begin to help somebody that's in need, then they know you care. And you can say, not, not only do I care about you physically, but I'm also concerned about you spiritually and eternally. And it opens up the door to be able to share with them the difference in your life, which is Jesus Christ. These are helps for us. That's what we need to do. We need to be able to pray, Lord, I want to walk hand in hand with you. I want, I want the Holy Spirit leading me. I want to be a person that's humble. I want to be a person that has a heart. Give me a heart for other people. Help me to recognize other people's needs. 
Paul finishes up this by pointing to Jesus. He really is the example. Before we look at his illustration, let me just remind you of what Jesus said. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul was talking to the church of Ephesus. And he said, let me remind you Jesus' words. It's more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. You want to be blessed? You want to be happy? You want God's favor on your life? You want to be a giver? You want to be a servant? See, it's one thing to speak. It's one thing just to be able to say something. It's another thing to do. And Jesus is the greatest example of being a servant. So, verse number 5, Paul tells us, Let this mind be in you, which in Christ Jesus, who in the form of God did not consider it. Verse 6 says, to be robbery, to be equal with God. Jesus was God. But you know what? Just as a robber puts his hand on something and won't let it go, Jesus let it go. He basically gave up the throne of heaven and humbled himself. And then you keep reading. Verse 7 says, he made himself of no reputation and took on the form of of a bondservant. He became a human being. He was born in a manger. Born in a stall. And then Jesus humbled himself and took on the worst of things and went to the very cross and died upon a cross for us. What did he do all of that for? Because he's a servant. Because he loved us. That is an example of his love. You can know that today that the Lord does love you. He loves you enough, He became a servant for you. He came to meet your needs. He did something you couldn't do for yourself, which was to pay the penalty of your sin. He did something you couldn't do for yourself, which was to conquer death. Jesus now, the Bible tells us, has been given the name that's above every name. He has more authority than anyone. The authority to be able to forgive you. The authority to be able to save you. The authority to be able to give you eternal life. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And so today, you can be able to be transformed. You can find forgiveness through Christ. And it's only through Him. Now, there's a lot of people that are saying things that are confusing. But let's get it straight. Only Christ has conquered death. And it's only Jesus that can provide real forgiveness. So if you're not a Christian today, you can become one. By just simply asking the Lord to forgive you of your sin. Being able to come clean with them and then asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life. As a Christian, you can get serious about living for the Lord. Truly having an attitude of being a servant. But it's surrendering yourself to His authority. It's following in His example and allowing Jesus to live through you. So this morning, I just want to encourage you. Be able to make a decision for Christ. This year is getting started. It's already in the third week of January. Let's just make a commitment. Being able to have a correct attitude. Let's make a commitment of being able to be a servant. And let's this week go and to serve and make a difference for the Lord. Let me have prayer with you again. Lord, I thank you so much. Just for allowing us to be able to have the privilege of studying your word. Lord, may you just continue to take it and not let it go out void. May you use it to be able to impact people's lives. And today, may you help each of us, Lord, not just to be listening to be listening, but help us, Lord, to listen with the intent 
of being able to be a difference maker and help us, Lord, to be a servant to one another. Lord, as servants, help us to not worry about how he's having to be right. Help us, Lord, to be willing to be able to forgive others, to be able to, be, to, to have them to forgive us, and to work together as servants and making a difference for you. May the name of Jesus Christ be honored and glorified in our area, in our church, in your people. And we just pray your blessings, Lord, for each one now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.